Fan Ramen. Who's hungry? Welcome to Fan Ramen. The official podcast of Black Ramen. We're a band who writes epic music for film and video games. And we're here to read your fan fiction. I'm Lindy. Konnichiwa! I'm Ralph. Wasabi! Behind the board is our awesome sound guy. And Maitre D. The, the Wizard. Heaven. Raisins is a one-shot Guardians of the Galaxy fic from Wuzzletania. You can find them on an archive of our own.org, so be sure to give this author a follow. Peter finds some Terran cereal at an alien market, but someone steals all the raisins from his raisin bran. Again. And you're sure these are unopened? Fresh? Intact? Of course they're intact, sir. The alien, who looked rather like an upright squid complete with tentacles, waved one irritably. This is a reputable establishment. We track our shipments and use reliable suppliers. This is an extensive enterprise and we keep our customers happy. All right, dude. Star-Lord said. It's just that the last two boxes I bought, there was something wrong. He reached out for the purple box inside the open stasis cube. Sir? The Ascovarian held up a tentacle. No touching unless you purchase. You will put your smell on it. It was Peter's turn to gesture irritably. Fine. 600 units. The price is 1,000, sir. The Ascovarian puffed herself up in outrage. Stasis boxes are not cheap. Paying others to covertly go to a primitive world and retrieve these goods is also not cheap. Come on, who's going to buy it besides me? Peter waved the assortment of Earth goods. The music CDs he'd already bought, the magazines, the toys. Some of this stuff, sure, but who's going to buy the cereal? We support a range of clientele, the Escavarian said. Terran food is exotic. We are one of the few suppliers licensed by the Watchers to visit that world thanks to our discretion. If you cannot pay, someone will. 700. I suppose I could go as low as 950. Five minutes later, Peter was suffering buyer's remorse. 900 units for a box of cereal. Then he shook the box and grinned at the rustle of flakes inside. It'd been so long. He still remembered the taste. It hadn't been his favorite. He preferred the one with the little marshmallows, but when his mother ate cereal, it was this one. Successful shopping trip. Peter jumped. Gamora had a way of materializing next to him. She had a shopping bag that rattled as she walked, but somehow it didn't do that until he knew she was there. Oh, you know. Peter gestured at the market. I love these little spaceports. People from all sorts of worlds are here selling their stuff. There's no telling what you'll find. I know. Gamora shook the bag, which clinked in a manner that sounded a lot like little guns banging into each other. Mantis just brought back a bag of spices and Rocket and Groot came back with a whole cart full of junk. That darn raccoon. He's gonna strew that stuff all over the ship again, taking it apart for parts, isn't he? Maybe. Gamora said with a smile. She kicked a chunk of unidentifiable metal junk off the ramp as they reached the ship. He said, it's cheap and I can use it. It's cheaper than buying new parts, I'll give him that. 
And if he wants to do work scrapping all that junk, also, fine. I just wish he'd sweep up afterwards. If I step on one more screw. Peter cursed as he tripped halfway up the ramp. The M-ship small craft attached to the quadrant all had their idiosyncrasies born of repair and modification, and this one had seams and welds where they had no business being. <sighs> I miss the Milano. We could still repair her, Gamora said as they went in. Greetings, friends. Drax looked up from the common room table. A great chunk of machinery bowed the table in the middle, and Drax had a wrench in one hand. Three-foot-tall Groot had sprouted half a dozen tendrils, each holding a detached part of the thing or a tool. Oh, he's got you doing it too? Peter pinched the bridge of his nose. Give me strength. Set you beat! A voice emerged from inside the chunk of machinery, and Star-Lord spotted the tip of a ringed tail poking from a hole in the side. Hand me a cut, will you? A clawed hand emerged from the hole. Take two! Okay, Rock, I'll help if you clean this mess up afterward. Peter took a moment to stole his very expensive box of cereal in a locker, locked it, and turned back to the table. Deal? Yeah, yeah, sure, said the distracted voice from inside the engine, or whatever the chunk of metal mass was. You wouldn't believe what people throw away. This thing has iridium injectors. Iridium! Worth twice what I paid for it. One thing led to another, and it was hours before Peter remembered the cereal. Hungry and tired from work and chasing some sort of vermin that had gotten on board with Mantis's vegetable shopping trip, he unlocked his personal locker and got out the box of cereal. Hmm. Alone in the little dining nook, he fetched a bowl, spoon, and a bottle of milk, best not to inquire too closely, he pulled open the box top, savoring the rare pleasure of repeating an action he remembered from before he was abducted. Inside was a sealed plastic bag, and inside that, the Raisin Bran. A terrible suspicion snuck up on Star-Lord as he pulled the top of the bag open. Surely not this one, not this one too. But he couldn't see any raisins, just flakes. Damn it, damn it, damn it! Peter dug into the brown mass of cereal, spilling handfuls onto the table. Where are they? I am Groot. The little tree walked in just as Star-Lord upended the box of cereal onto the table and watched wide-eyed as Peter tore into the pile. Where? But there were none. In the entire box, Peter found not one raisin. This has happened before, Peter nodded as he morosely chewed his cereal. It just wasn't the same without the raisins. It was still earth food, he wasn't complaining, but it wasn't the cereal he remembered. Three boxes now, Gamora. You wouldn't believe what I pay for real earth food. It brings back memories, you know? My mom loved this cereal. It's worth every unit to remember having breakfast with her back before it all went bad. And when you buy one, it's always missing the raisin. Raisins, right? Not one in the whole box. What does a raisin look like? Uh, sort of a, well, look. He spun the box around. The smiling sun, the bowl, the zoomed-in view of the raisins, milk and flakes. But they aren't this big. They're, they're about as big as uh, your fingernail and taste like... He shrugged. Raisins. 
I'd remember what they taste like if I ever got one. He poked a spoon into the cereal in disappointment. I'll be right back, Peter. Gamora disappeared down the hall, presumably headed to her closet-sized cabin. She came back a moment later. I found this in the hall, and I threw it in the trash bin. I thought it was a dropping from some vermin. Luckily, no one hit cycle yet. She put one perfect sugar-dusted raisin on the table. That's it! That's a raisin! Peter snatched it up, and the only reason it didn't go into his mouth was Gamora grabbing his wrist quick as a flash. Hey! I just want to remember what it tastes like. Fine. It's been on the floor, though. She sat down across from him and didn't change expression as he chewed the raisin. She'd seen much worse things. Let me see the bag. Still savoring the taste of one lonely raisin, Peter slid the empty bag across the table. The bulk of the cereal was spread out between them. Gamora looked at the bag, tilted her head, and then ran her fingers along the seams. This was resealed with a medical sealer, Peter, recently, since it's been on the ship. Peter's eyes narrowed. Where is Rocket? Rocket wasn't in his little nook under the workbench. He wasn't in the cockpit. Groot just shrugged and moved a piece in the board game he was playing with Mantis when Peter asked. I am Groot. Super helpful, bud. Peter muttered under his breath. The ship, he really needed to name this thing, but the Quadrant M ships just didn't have the personality of the Milano. The ship wasn't that big, and he passed by Gamora again. Groot was munching his raisinless brand, and Gamora just raised an eyebrow as he went by. Drax was asleep in a hammock, and his snores almost drowned out the incriminating sounds emerging from a locker. Rocket ate in a distinctly noisy feral way, and Peter yanked open the spacesuit locker. There sat Rocket, between the legs of the hardsuit every ship carried cross-legged, with one hand in a jar of... Raisins, you thief! Peter's hands darted out, but he yanked it back when Rocket bared his fangs and snapped at him. Mine! Rocket backed as far as he could into the locker, his tail bristling, and he instinctively tried to make himself look bigger. It didn't work. He was still three feet tall, but he hid the glass jar of raisins behind himself. Get lost, Pete! They're mine! You stole those out of my cereal. You know how much I paid for that, you little... Star-Lord's eyes went wide as thick fingers grabbed his collar and pulled him back from the locker. I am sleeping. Drax rumbled. I would like to continue sleeping. Please fight elsewhere, both of you. When he'd had his say, he let go of Peter's collar and went back to snoring. Peter rubbed his neck and glared at Rocket. Rocket glared back, arms wrapped protectively around the jar of raisins. Peter pointed his thumb down the hall and Rocket reluctantly emerged from the locker, but only after Star-Lord backed away. Gamora shot them a look as they went by in the hallway, but Groot barely looked up from his game. I am Groot. He commented, and Mantis nodded. Yes, they do, she said and moved a game piece, the number of squares the spinner indicated. But they always make up. All right. Peter gestured towards one of the M-ship's tiny cabins, but Rocket glared at him, refusing to be boxed in. Star-Lord glared back and just plopped himself down right in the hall. It was as far from the rest of the crew as they were going to get without leaving the ship. Explain. 
Rocket sat down a wary distance away, one clawed hand digging into the raisin jar. Peter's mouth watered, just watching it. Dude, don't bog out all the raisins. I like them too. Rocket's ears went back. Well, get used to not having any, because they're mine. Peter opened his mouth to yell, but firmly shut it. He was the captain of the ship and the leader of the Guardians. It was his job to keep his temper. Sometimes. And this was weird behavior, even for Rocket. Rocket, I spend a lot of money getting that cereal at the market. You hardly ever find Terran food out here, and I remember that from when I was there. I was looking forward to eating my cereal, and, and now it's not the way I want it to be. You know, you know what it's like when someone moves one of your tools, right? You like them all just so? Doesn't matter. So it won't bother you if I go down to your workbench and turn all of the wrenches so the handles are away from you and out of size order and maybe misplace one or two? Rocket gritted his teeth at each word, but he wouldn't relent. No, go ahead. God, Rocket, they can't taste that good. And if you eat all of those at once, you'll get the shits. Yeah, Rocket grunted. That happened last night. And you're still sitting there eating them. Peter observed. For as though it possessed a mind of its own, Rocket's left hand kept feeding raisins into his muzzle. Rocket. Peter said, falling back on emotion since reason wasn't working. I remember those from when I was a little kid. My mother and I would eat breakfast together before she got sick and had to go to the hospital. That cereal was her favorite. His hand went to his belt where the Walkman used to hang just before his asshole father crushed it. I don't have much left of a rocket. Just memories and things like those raisins. Rocket muttered something as his ears sank. In a few seconds, he went from combative to sad, and his whiskers drooped. What was that, Rocket? It's all I got too, Pete. He studied another raisin, gripped between his claws, but didn't eat it. I don't remember much of her. Just warm fur and safety. But I remember when she was good, they give her a treat. Before they killed her, I mean. And when I smelled these, it's, it's the same smell. It's what they gave her. Sometimes, even when she was hungry, she would give them to me instead of eating them. That's why I took them, Pete. Because when I eat them, just for a second, I remember my mom. He met Rocket's gaze from 10 feet away, and each nodded. Share? Share. Rocket said, and this time he didn't retreat as Peter sidled up. And there they sat, side by side, eating one at a time, making the raisins last. It's time for a little dessert. We're gonna drizzle some drabble on ya. If you don't know what drabble is, it's mochi-sized stories. We're sticking with our superhero theme, so dessert is going to be just like our main course. Raisin bran for dessert. Sounds great. Did we just eat cereal for our main course? <laughs> yeah, breakfast for dinner. What a game changer. This one is from RHPS Brad Fan. I'm gonna spell that for you. RHPS underscore B-R-A-D underscore F-A-N. This is a multi-chapter Drabblefic hosted on an archive of our own.org. Interestingly enough, the author wrote each chapter based on a prompt from Reddit's fanfiction community. 
Here's the prompt for this Drabble. In 1956, post-World War II, Captain America gets kidnapped by hostile aliens and tortured in order to break the will of humanity as preparation for an invasion. The unedited video is broadcast back to Earth and we are just now receiving the transmission today. Describe the video and humanity's response. Sir, there is something you must see. Jarvis first notified Tony of the video 15 minutes after it hit the web. Tony was working in one of his labs at Stark Tower, working out the equations that he needed to improve the thrusters on his suit. What is it, Jay? He asked the AI as he spun in his chair. Don't tell me it's another video from one of those lovely ladies I've- Sir. The AI interrupted. This is urgent. The robotic voice sounded almost pleading as he spoke. He brought up a holographic screen and began to play the video. The screen was black and then suddenly very bright. When the picture came into focus, there was a familiar glint of red, white, and blue visible. Everything else was bright, too bright and metallic. What is your name? Someone off screen growled to the blonde man who was on his knees, uniform tattered and blood already dribbling from the side of his mouth. Go to hell. The captain said angrily, not taking the bait. He hung his head down low to his chest, not wanting to be seen. A gloved hand roughly grabbed his blonde hair and pulled his head upwards to face the camera. Shit him! Prank him! The voice ordered coldly, and the other moved in front of the camera to do just that, obscuring the view. The view was obscured for several minutes by whoever had stepped in front of the camera. When it came back into focus, the captain's uniform was gone. His blonde hair no longer fell into his eyes, having been shaved away, as well as the stubble from his square jaw. It looked as though he'd been scrubbed clean, his skin showing a bit more red and irritation than before. He was still bound by something unseen, obviously enough to keep America's favorite super soldier in his place. Answer me now, mortal. Tell your people who you are. The menacing voice taunted. I'm just a kid from Brooklyn. The man answered, and this time he would pay for his insolence. The kidnapper that had been thus far behind the camera came into view. He was tall and scaly and blue, and like nothing anyone had ever seen before. A sapphired hand went over the captain's now bald head, blue light emitting from it as the captain let out a wild scream he couldn't hold back. It looked almost as if he deflated, slumping over after the alien released his grip. Who are you? The blue creature sneered again. The captain was gasping for air, trying desperately to get as much of it into his lungs as he could. The pain had been like nothing he'd ever experienced before, and Steve Rogers had known much pain in his life. Captain Stephen T. Rogers. He breathed softly. Captain Stephen G. Rogers of the United States Army. Steve said, finally finding his breath. He looked up at the creature, his jaw set, and a rage bubbled behind his blue eyes. The creature smiled, yellow gnarled teeth, a stark contrast against its blue skin. 
Watch as your curtain falls. The creature stated before moving in on Rogers again. He placed his blue hand on top of Steve's head, and Steve let out another primal scream, shaking against his restraints and the thing holding his head. His full cheeks sunk in on themselves and his muscles withdrew into themselves. Captain America was shrinking down, the effects of the serum and his life being sucked right from him. When the creature pulled the hand away, Steve was shivering and terrified, gasping for breath. His eyes were filled with unshed tears. He wasn't going to cry in front of these bastards, whoever or whatever they were. He was skinny, as skinny as he had been before the serum. We have taken the strength from Earth's mightiest hero. By the time you receive this message, it will already be too late. You will be conquered. He glanced over to the weakling on the ground. We will be certain your captain is still alive to see Earth fall. See you soon. The transmission cut to black, and Tony sat there, stunned. I'll be damned. This, this is impossible. Tony muttered. His father had looked for years and years for Captain America. The man had been lost to them nearly a decade after winning World War II. He had been presumed dead, but Howard Stark never gave up hope until the day he died. Tony was certain Howard would never have guessed this. Jay, analyze the video. Find out whatever the hell those things are and- There's no time, sir. Jarvis brought up another video feed. This one live and right outside the tower. Ominous black ships filled the skyline. Prepare the Mark 42. Tell Pepper to get to the panic room. Already done, sir. The AI assured him Iron Man wasn't letting humanity go down without a fight. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Thank you guys for the wonderful fan fiction. Send your submissions and our questions to fanramenpodcast at gmail.com. Listen, don't forget to like, comment, or subscribe. Guys, you can find us on SoundCloud, on YouTube, or on your podcast app. Sweet. This is Lindy. This is Rocket. And, and we'll, we'll see, see you, you the next, next time you're hungry. Produced by Lindy Day and Ralph Avalon. Sound design and engineering by Kevin Villagestone. Music by Black Ramen. Recorded and mixed in the Black Ramen Studios. <laughs> <laughs>